It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back, everyone, to the FlowTrack Podcast. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, on our YouTube page, where please subscribe if you haven't yet to the FlowTrack Podcast YouTube page. I'm Kevin. He is Gordon. It is the first day of the March Madness Tournament. Gordon is excited, it appears. Yes. I believe Gonzaga is going to win it. That's that's the one. That's what I went all in on Gonzaga. This is the year of the Zags undefeated. That's what I'm going for. Uh, we did create a, a pool. By the time you listen to us, I think uh, the first games will have started, so you won't be able to join. But mm. we have, you know, like fifteen or twenty people. Be fun little pool. See who who wins. I think who'd you pick? In that one, I believe I picked Kansas. Now, I told you before, I have not watched a single college basketball game this year. And I did my pick in about 90 seconds, or my bracket in about 90 seconds. So Which I'm not might confident. be the best. It might be the best way to go about it. The more and more you think about it, the more and more you get it wrong. So, Gonzaga, though, undefeated. I didn't know. I knew they were good. I did not know they were undefeated. I figured I would go for the, a fun storyline. You know, mm-hmm. why not? If you haven't been paying attention, will be a, the coolest thing to happen outside of a Cinderella. Hey, uh, mid-major going undefeated, pretty cool. Yeah. So that's hey, it happened. Was. It happened in cross country for a couple of years. They're mid-major going undefeated. Why not in uh, college basketball? Right? <laughs> it's not quite the same, begin. but yeah, sure. Exactly sure. the same, Gordon. It is a apples to I'm apples sure comparison. They were 32-0 and 0 or whatever, however many games they played. They dual meet after dual meet. Nobody could take them down. Okay, on today's show, we're going to talk about outdoors a little bit as it pertains to the NCAA season because you're watching all those cross-country results, those indoor results, and you're getting excited about indoors – or sorry, outdoors, just like Gordon and I were. But first, I want to touch on just briefly, there was another fast 5,000 yesterday featuring Paul Chalimo. Uh, they went for the American record. They did not get the American record, but Paul Chalimo beats Emmanuel Bohr, who beat him during the last record attempt. Chalimo now, I guess, back on course, although kind of weird, kind of weird setup here because they're chasing the record. So you don't really know in the back of their mind, like who's doing the, who who's, who's t- doing all the work basically here in the latter portion of, of, of the race. But what were your thoughts on, on Paul getting the win? Well, one thing I think is interesting about this this situation, these past two races, 
you have two people train doing the exact same training on mm-hmm. the exact same race schedule mm-hmm. and you get two very different results and it makes you think like how is this possible like, like a lot of times i like to think like simplify the sport and be like well if you're better you're gonna win right like if you have more talent and you're in shape you should be able to beat people that you're more talented than and in this case you would think paul chalima more talented than Manuel bohr and we didn't get that result last time where bohr won and chalima kind of died off but then here it's not that chalima is done or ded dead he's just had a bad day Mm -hmm. and now it's a reverse and it's just kind of fascinating. It's like an experiment in a weird way to show that truly anything can happen in a race, even if you have two of the athletes who've been doing the exact same training, who are on the exact same race schedule, they can do two races and each one can be very different. Like mm-hmm. You're not going to always get the same result. I thought it, was, it just reminded me that no matter what happens, a race result has some little bit of chaos to it. There's not like a surefire, you know, this is what it's guaranteed to happen. I mean, there's probably, you know, we probably look at certain races and we probably think there's no way a Donovan Brazier would lose or something like that. Or there's no way a Noah Lyles would lose a 200. But I think chaos happens. And Noah Lyles can lose a 200. Noah Lyles can lose a 200. (laughs) <laughs> Brazier can lose a, an 800. And it just reminds you that what's interesting about this sport is that it's not always the best man that wins or the best woman that wins. And that's why they run the race. That, that phrase, the cliche, it's why we run the race. This mm-hmm. was a, 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 a science experiment in Virginia Beach to show why you run the race because you get two different results when you run it. So, uh, well, the. The way they ran it was different. The first time they went out a lot quicker and then Chalimo fell off and then Bohr was actually on 13 flat pace essentially and then he slowed down the last couple laps. This time they went out slower and then they were trying to kick in. So this one, neither of them resembled what they're going to do with the Olympic trials probably, but this one was closer to that in terms of it was a windup. I think this is good news for both guys. Because if this is a bad day or an off race for Emmanuel Bohr and he's just over a second off of Paul Chalimo, I think that's pretty good. That's a pretty good sign. And the fact that he's now done it twice is uh-huh. another signal that was yeah, – yeah, it's not a fluke. He's, he's not a one-race wonder. And you have to – if you were doing rankings right now, you'd have to just say, well, okay, if I moved – Emmanuel bore up to number two or three or wherever you put him on your rankings in the U.S. after his his first race in Virginia a couple weeks ago, you'd have to keep him there. At least, I mean, if you're going to drop him, the only person you're going to move him up over uh, over him would be would be Chalimo, which is not a bad spot to be in. And I'm guessing if he's within a second of Chalimo at the trials, that means he probably made the team. That's a pretty safe bet, unless. Well, Unless things could get be really, really wacky. Well, 26 and twi- trials, I think there was a second difference. Oh, that's true. First yeah. And fourth, so. yeah. Yeah. You're right. I stand corrected. Okay. But if he's if he's in in the mix with, with Chalimo, it's going to be a good day. He'll at least have a chance to make yes. make the team. I can't believe yes. you think Chaos would knock Noah Lyles out of the gold. Even Chaos will not do that this year. We talked about people we'd bet a ton of money on. I'll bet my house that Noah Lyles wins 200-meter gold. 
Okay, that's true. All right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go speak to Michael Norman and be like, yo, I have a chance to win a house. No, 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 and then all of a sudden you're gonna little you and your wife are gonna be like, uh oh, this is a bad idea. I shouldn't have yeah, done yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have added at the end of that sentence. I wasn't done. That was an ellipsis at the end. Dot 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 dot. Assuming Michael Norman doesn't run. I don't think he's gonna run the two hundred. I don't think he's gonna need to worry about that. Given the, the field that we assume it's gonna be, uh Lyles, 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 Lyles. You can't lose on Lyles. Well, uh, okay, we already so- said it without the asterisk, so I'm I'm gonna <laughs> just clip it after the part of I bet my house on it, and then we'll see. I'll submit uh, that cha- in August. Have you, have you, cha- have you changed any, any of your bet your house picks from a couple months ago? I don't even know what my bet my house picks were from a couple months ago. I probably – Oh, was I that mean, Lincoln so, that came? My, maybe it was Lincoln. Maybe I don't know. Me and Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, Krauser was a popular one. Lyles was a popular one. After that, yeah. it got a little difficult. I mean, do you, do you say Kipchoge after he lost? I don't know. No. I don't know. Mondo? That yet. Mondo's Mondo probably would a, be another one. The house. Pole vault, yeah. pole vault, weird though. Pole vault's weird. I don't know if I True. trust it. It can go It can go strange. I trust Can you a, do a double? Like uh, very Sydney heavy metal ball. Or, can you do a Sydney no. and or Dalat Muhammad? No. Can't do you that. Get like one of the two? You don't get one? Okay. You, 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 you bet everything on one person. That's how this game works. I still think – I think it's Lyles or, Lyles or Krauser is who I would go with right now. I would go and I th- Lyles over Krauser because Krauser is lost like in championship settings. Like okay. and his – Krauser is consistent, but all it takes is Kovacs just having like one throw and Krauser yeah. is like, damn it, I do like – six 22 meter throws but he just had that one that was just like better so but here's the thing if you're betting your house or your life savings or whatever this game is things like false starts make me nervous Mm. slipping out of the blocks that makes me nervous krauser's got six shots essentially to show his talent in the ring and he's doing it with a metal ball. This is again. I trust that a little bit more than a fiberglass pole. Things can go weird with a fiberglass pole. With that, with that solid, solid metal ball, uh, usually uh, it's going to go where you want it to go. But you're right. The challenge there is: does Kovacs or does Walsh just pop one awesome one out there, and Krauser can't respond? Yeah, it's, it's a false start. It's a false start rule. Is it one and done, or is it still one morning and then done? No, it's been one and done since 2010. Okay, it's still that. I wasn't sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is it? You know, is you're thinking of decathlon rules. You're thinking of decathlon rules. I get it. Okay. Yeah. Multi-event. You're a multi. You're a multi-event head. You know, they don't want. They don't want to throw anybody out. Which I get it. That'd be cruel. That'd be cruel. You do. You do all those events. You don't want to get DQ'd. And 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 lose out the whole competition. Yeah, it's one and done. Listen, in the 200, it's rare. I can't think of a time when Noah Lyles fall started. So why would he start at the trials or at the Olympics? It does. It seems like a complete long shot. But you have to all these things when you're when you're doing this sort of uh, prognosticating. You're looking for the tiny 0.5 percent chance uh, of it happens because if form holds, they're going to be fine. So yeah, I'll stick with Lyles. I'll stick with Lyles for now. The thing is, if you were to bet your house on Lyles, what do you get in return? Mm-hmm. Like a like. 
and like uh, your house back, but with like with like Wi-Fi installed. <laughs> like you just get. The, Ooh, well, I already like, have what's Wi-Fi. Upgrade, what's the upgrade Everybody. to your house that you get for putting it all in the Lyles? Man, if they could just do uh, a few improvements, I have a list that I've been working through since I bought it a year ago. That's what I'm saying. Give me a gift card to Home Depot and I'll do it. I just, okay. it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see when the betting lines come out for for Tokyo, who is listed actually as the biggest individual event favorite. Because I think it would be Lyles, Krauser, Mondo. I'm trying to think about somebody on the on the women's side. Maybe someone will pop up between now and then and start to look unbeatable. But those I think are the those are the three right now. Maybe Co- Bridget Cos guy in the marathon. They would they would have his pretty good odds. Um, but I can't think of anybody right now other than those Maybe three. Maybe be... Yeah, it just depends what event, right? Depends what event yeah. and what else they're what else they're in. So I'm yeah, I'm I'm interested to see that. Um, and I'm interested to take your money and make some uh, make some bets. Just kidding. I'm not, I won't do Sounds that. Sounds good. Put it yeah, in yeah. Bit, okay, bit. outdoors. Let's talk about outdoors. Let's do it. I we have a list here of. The top stories for the NCAA outdoors is what we're talking here because we're so excited about cross country. We're so excited about indoors. So what does that look like going into outdoors? Let's start first with something you've been very passionate about, the epic men's 5,000 on tap. Every year, it seems like there's a marquee event in NCAAs. Sometimes there's two events that really are amazing in the NCAA championships. When I go back to our last NCAA championship in 2019. I'm thinking about Daniel Roberts and Grant Holloway in the 110 hurdles. The women's 100 was incredibly deep. Uh, women's distance w- was really deep uh, a few years back, but it looks like it's the men's 5,000 meters turn. Gordon, why are you so excited about this event? Well, first of all, you have a potential to have four recent champions, most likely three. Because one of the recent champion, one of the recent champions is Cole Hawker, but you never know. You have the NCAA cross country champion Connor Mance. You have the three mm-hmm. K champion Cole Hawk, Cole Hawker. You have the five K champion Wesley Kiptu, and then you have last year's cross country champion who has yet to lose in Edwin Kurgat. So you have those four champions. Then you also have these guys who have run. 1324 or faster. You have Luis Gorhalva, who's run 1316. You have Cooper Tier, who's run 1317. Kiptu, Kiptu's run 1323. Kurgat's run 1324. Robert Brandt, a Georgetown transfer, has run 1324. Right? And then you have all these other like 1330 type guys consistently. You have, and then you can even throw in you know, Nico Young, who, who knows, right? He got fourth and cross. And Adrian Wildershot, he got second and cross. So there's just so many talented men i mean we're gonna have five guys who are coming to this year with a 13 24 pb or faster and then four individual champions in the 5k related event how do you rank it like what how would you rank it well who's the favorite in your mind man in a five i listened i listened to your interview with dave smith where he compared mance to rocky and he made a very persuasive case. It's just like, yeah, other guys have better PRs, but like, what's the method right now 
to beating Connor Mance. It's very difficult. There could be another champion in there too, Gordon, because the 10K will be two days before. So if some, one of those guys who doesn't already have a title wins the 10,000, you can throw another national champion in there. Right now, yeah. number one, I would put Wesley Kip too. I would put Wesley Kip too because he dominated the indoor 5,000. He dominated the indoor 5,000. He came back, still held his own in, in cross country, obviously didn't get the win. But I think between now and then, he's going to get a little bit more strategic with how he races. And you may not see the 406 opening mile in Eugene. And you might see a race strategy that's better for him, uh, you know, uh, be better suited for, for how deep this field is going to be. So I'll put him number one. Number two, I think you can't count. If Cole Hawker runs, I would put him. Let's assume Cole, let's it, assume Cole Hawker doesn't run. Okay. Okay. Well, no, then I'm going to sub in runs, just for fun. Let's assume it's just okay. runs. Let's well, I'll so put we'll four the deep. Oregon we'll four deep. I'll put the Oregon conglomerate in there. I'll put the Hawker slash tier. So what we know one of them is going to run, right? So Hawker okay. slash tier, tier slash Hawker, I put next. Then I would put Grijalva in there. And then I would go Mance, even though I'm doing the exact same thing that people have done before to Mance, <laughs> which is count him out. I know I'm doing the same thing, but I think those are, that's my top four slash five. I know I'm leaving out Kurgot, but I think Kurgot's going to win the 10,000 and he's going to be uh, a little bit tired coming back to the five. I mean, a lot of other guys are going to be running the, the, the 10,000 as well too, but I'll, I'm going to put Kurgot in fifth so not only are you you're saying connor Mance won't win the 5k which is okay but then you're like but he also isn't going to win the 10k either i got him second in the 10k right now in my early rankings okay. here i got kurgot then Mance. no disrespect I think, it's just a tough year it's a tough year yeah it's weird but we're gonna, are we going to keep doing this to Mance forever i mean just like he's going to win but we're constantly going to be like well you're not going to win the next one. And then he wins the next one. Well, you're not going to win the next one. Keeps going. Anyway, yeah, listen. I Listen, it's tough. It's a tough field. Who, No matter who you pick, you're going to be, quote, unquote, overlooking at least two or three people because of the resumes of everybody. It's impossible not to. Okay, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. This is going to be the exact top eight in order. No wow, ifs, ands, okay. or buts. <laughs> Finishing in eighth place, it's going to be our boy, Robert Brandt, who always finishes in eighth, even though, which shows how good this 5K is because he's a 13-24 guy. I do think Robert Brandt is going to do better in the 10K, and that's why he finishes eighth in the five. In seventh, I'm going with the Moen Kemboy of Arkansas. He's consistent. He'll be All-American. Mm -hmm. He's talented. He's a 13-33 guy. In sixth, Nico Young. Mm-hmm. He only has a PB of what thirteen forty four. I think he's gonna yeah. go into NCAs with a thirteen thirty PB, and I think a sixth place finish in this field is a hell of a start for Nico Young. Fifth place, I'm disrespecting Connor Mance and putting wait what Mance you just you fifth. just told me I was ranking him too low, and then you're putting him almost in the same spot. Come on, yeah, man. man. Well, I'm putting Mance number one in the ten k, so at least I'm giving him okay. that. I am giving Mance a title. Uh, so in fifth okay. place, Mance. In fourth place, I'm going Wesley Kiptu. 
hey man, okay. he's got to learn how to kick, and he's got to learn how to race. If he would have won that cross country championship, I probably would have said, "Get." No, if he would have won cross country against Mant, if he would have okay. won on Monday, he would have been my favorite yeah. in the 5K. But he showed weakness. He showed that he he doesn't have it all together. He can lose races, and I think mm-hmm. his ultimate weakness is losing races where there's a kick. And I don't. And I think that might happen. So, and he's going to be coming off the 10K. So, Kip two fourth. And third, I think Kurgat gets third because I think Kurgat's a better kicker than Kip too. And second, okay. I'm going with Tier because I think Tier is a better kicker than Kurgat. And then in first, I'm going with Grohalva because I think Grohalva is the best kicker of them all. And I honestly think a ninth, when you really look at it, ninth place finish on a hilly 10K for Grohalva is actually impressive and not a disappointing. Yeah, sure, I ranked him number one. And I was wrong in that, and I've admitted that. But I don't think I'll be wrong in admitting that he's the number one 5K runner because he's going to be a lot more comfortable on the track. Well, even when I did the workout Wednesday with him, and he was like struggling in that workout. If you watch it on Flow Track, he was like their third guy in the workout. Mm-hmm. He was he he's like, yeah, this is hard for me. It's not a track where I'm best. Like he admits yeah. that he's not built to be a cross country runner. He's built to be a a track runner. 1316, man. And he he smoked Cooper Tier head up. And Cooper Tier is legitimate. Like Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be yeah, honest, right. I think so the only way Lewis Grohalva doesn't win this is if Cole Hawker enters. That's what I think. Okay, that that was my next question. So you're just taking Hawker out of it. So I did the Hawker slash yeah. tier plays. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Do you think, okay. Is that what so you think Oregon will split it up just to maximize points? Is that your thought process? Yeah. Or is that just this this event is better for them each each individually? Like tiers of better five better for their and hawkers. Okay. I mean, I could okay. see them though. Actually, now that I think about it, they could put Hawker potentially in the five K because they have a lot more milers. Right. You have James West, mm-hmm. Reed Brown, uh, Charlie Hunter, maybe, where they don't have many f- legitimate five K guys, like a Cooper Tier. So it actually might make more sense to put Tier and Cooper in the same race because then they could – well, you know, you, it gives the Reed Browns and the James West more of an opportunity to score more points without Cole Hawker in the mix. If you have four good athletes, you you, you want to split them up two and two, not three and one, basically. That's okay. argument. That's but fair. But we'll see what they do. That's fair. Okay. So I'll, I'll just take them out just so we have consistency here. And I'm going to go Kip to – Tier, Grahalva, Mance, Kurgot as my top five. That's, that's where I'm going for top five. I could go beyond that, but I'll do that in a later pod. I'm sticking with these ones. Um, I think I'm going to go eight or eight. I, th- I think you will. I think it's going to be like your bracket. It's going to be like perfect. It's like the East perfect. Regional bracket. You're just going to go boom, 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 boom in that first round. It's the plan. And, and get, get all eight of them. All right. My next question slash storyline. I think Mo. What event does she do, Gordon? 400? 800? Both? What? 800. First of all, let's... I We can talk about this. She was named the National Track Athlete of the Year for indoors. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? 
National Track Athlete of the Year. Wait, are they di- are they differentiating between track and field? Is there a National Field yeah. Athlete of so the Year? So there's a Field Athlete of the Year and a Track Athlete of the Year. She was named the Indoor Track Athlete of the Year. Okay, and I'm this may be the first time there. ever the Track Athlete of the Year did not win an individual title. Okay, so let's see who would be the other nominees. I mean, you have the the sprint collegiate record holders in the yeah. sixty and in um the the two hundred. So Courtney you have Wayman. Courtney Waymit. You have I mean, Kayla Roberts beat her in the open four. Uh, Aaliyah Miller, Sage Herda. Who won the five again? I'm already blanking. Joyce Camelli. Joyce Camelli. Uh, I'm. I mean, I'm actually okay with it. I mean, she dominated that that 800 this year. She was on the. Yeah, but she she lost the. Four. I mean, she won. She won them the four by four, like single handedly, right? You could say fastest split in history. I'm actually okay with it because it is it, it's not a championship performer of the meet. That's different than a athlete of the entire year, and I think her accomplishments bear that out. This is just it's the difference between the MVP. And the finals MVP. That's the difference here. If we're if we're yeah, but comparing they ha- this to hoops. This is the first time ever they've looked at regular season when they choose their winner. It's always good. Good. Maybe they should. Maybe they should. Maybe that's better. Who who is the best athlete this year on the track for the women this year? It's got you'd have to say a thing, Mo. Based on what she put together. Think, from the beginning to end. 158-4? 158-4? No, come on. 158-4? I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, okay. Re- regular four by four splits. What are you doing in the playoffs? I mean, cool. Like, it's not a – No, and it's – 60 wins, it's great. All right, first-round exit. Cool. Sit on okay. the floor in a Sixers I, court. Cool. <laughs> I understand you're a little mad about Giannis based on what he did to Ben Simmons down the stretch. But, hey, let's, let's leave not, that alone. Oh, come no, on. All right. It's, it, it's a regular season, regular season. Um, plus, her championship performance wasn't bad either. Again, she came back, avenged the loss in the final. Uh, I'm fine. I just don't think. But you, anyway, I don't think you can give the track athlete of the year award to someone who lost. I don't think you can do that. I actually think it shows the fact. I think it's it's kind of broadening it out in a way. I kind of I kind of like it. Well, yeah. I she was well, the the, I mean, but then are they going to start? giving coach of the year to like an actual coach who like showed up and like did something unique with a team or are they always just going to give it to the winning coach why don't they yeah. look at regular season for coach of the year yeah well improvement improvement too would be an interesting metric like what are you doing with what you have i think is an important important point as yeah. well too i think it's i i think if she did not have the four by four performance that she had then you could make a an argument that she shouldn't do it. Then she shouldn't have gotten it. But the four by you can't discount the four by four, and and you know her, her historic split there and how it won it won her team the four by four. Um, if she didn't do that, if she scratched out of it or something, uh, or didn't run as quick, then it would be a different conversation. But her meat her meat wasn't bad because of that. Her meat wasn't as good as people thought it was going to be going in, but her meat was not bad. And then you add in yeah. the one fifty. And then you add in the 158, and you add in her her open four times as well, too. I mean, she was doing things that have never been done before at the collegiate level in a variety of ways. So I just think Abby Steiner should have got it. What's she going to do outdoors? 
what you he said 800 pretty definitively. But for the record, hold on. That? I know you're going to clip this. For the record, I'm not hating on Thing Moot. She's great. I think she is an incredible talent. But, you know, I just feel like if you lose, you should give the award to someone else. It's a, it's a meaningless award, so she doesn't need it. So you should give it to someone else. That's what I think. Because she I doesn't think, need it? Yeah, she, who, no one is like wakes up and goes to bed uh, as like a twelve year old dreaming of winning the USTCFCCCCA Athlete of the Year Indoor Edition award. So yeah, it, it just rem- this little slight on an Abby Steiner or a Courtney Wayman reminds me of what they did to Cheserek, where they gave the award mm-hmm. to a man who got sixth in the indoor sixty. Now we're giving this award to someone who lost oh, to Kevin Roberts. I'm just saying. Okay, well, okay, but if you wanted the Oregon game then, why, why not Kemba Nelson? Collegiate record in the 60. If you want to ta- talk about Oregon, athletes not getting the credit. I know her regular season wasn't as, as good as some of these other runners, but if you're putting it all in the championship, that's pretty dang good. 705. I just think Abby Steiner went undefeated in the 200. The entire year. Okay. She she yeah, we... and then she ended it with the crazy right. record. Can't yeah. ask for more. But if you're putting it if you're putting it all on that last that last competition, then you have to throw in other collegiate records. I think Tyra Gittens got the field event award of the year, correct? Yeah. So I got that one right. That one and, and you could they say the, she well, she, she should be the overall winner, I think. I I'd put I'd probably put Gittens ahead of Mo just because of, I mean, uh, the collegiate record in the in the pentathlon, and then all the points that she racked up at at nationals as well too. So I, I would put her as the overall winner. But I like that they're breaking it up between track and field. In any of them, this is kind of like when Demar Derozan didn't get on the All Star team this year. This is what I'm. This is what I'm reminded of. We, we well, talked about Tobias snubs. Harris. I'm an no, Tobias Harris. <laughs> okay, so we, the, we don't need to talk to forty. <laughs> Sorry. The 50-40-89 club that was made up. Uh, okay, so we, you think it's just open and shut hey, case. She's going to run the 800. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on yeah, to the next topic here. You can, I mean, she'll still run the 4x4 four four and stuff, but they're going to hijack they're gonna that her, topic. But... Yeah. Run at 8. <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. You know, I wrote this list. I made this Google Doc, and then you just took the person's name that I mentioned and then asked a completely different question about it and went in a, hey, a totally different direction. It's great. No one it's is great. talking about it. it. I need, people need to hear people need to, people need to start thinking about these awards more seriously. You can't just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have a Photoshop picture of a name and it, like all this and be like, yeah, hey, you want to be like, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. You know what? I'm going to do, I'm going to do a favor for you and not clip that part out. Um, so I, cause I don't want to take you out of context. So I'm gonna keep all that in. All right. Next topic, distance programs that can rack up big points. Another hobby horse of yours. We're talking about the Iowa State men and the BYU women. Are there any other distance teams that could contend uh, for the title? BYU the men? Podium? BYU okay. men as well? I mean, they mm-hmm. got, you know, Mance, obviously. And then they have some steeplers. They have a 1,500-meter runner. So, mm-hmm. but I think it's more on Iowa State. They have Iowa State has more of like that that really good one-two punch and then a bunch of mid-distance mm-hmm. guys that they could. I have right now projected yeah. that I would say men on a perfect day could score up to 52 points on a yeah. average, like a, a, a normal day being like the 34 range. 
And 34 will get you podium. 50 potentially could get the win. I mean, mm-hmm. look at their roster. They got Kip 2 and Kurgot in a 10 and the 5. They have um, David 2 in the steeple. Okay, maybe the steeple's mm-hmm. not that strong this year. He just, he just ran an 8.55 season opener, so he could get down to 8.40 maybe. And then they got Festus Legat and all their 800-meter runners. You know, the Jason Gomez, Rashawn Rooms, a bunch of other guys. Spread them out in the 8 and the 15. They could get to that point. And then on the women's side, they have two great 800-meter runners in Ellsworth and Camp, 202 and 203. Remember, Camp, she's not she's not a 6K runner. She's an 800-meter runner. So Ellsworth yeah. and Camp, 202 and 203. They got two good um, 5K runners in Orton and Weymouth. Weymouth, though, could also move over to the steeple. And then yeah. they got two good 1,500-meter runners in Hodge and Hunter. Hodge was a 431-miler. Hunter made the final in the indoor mile. And then Frenthway, she was 15th at cross. She'd be good in the 10K. So they could easily have two people, two, one to two people in every distance final from the 800 to the 10K. Well, in the 800, you didn't even put in the woman that was the finalist indoors either as well. Yeah. I'm guessing I'm guessing Whitney Orton's going to run the 15 if I had to guess. And then Not I think it's going to run this. No, I think she'll run the 15. I mean, it's just a guess just because of what she's done in the past. And then I, Wayman's going to win this, run the steeple, win the steeple there as well, too. Uh, real quick before I move on, do you have – I mean, did are these teams – do they have a shot at winning? Like, who, who do you have as – I'm assuming LSU men are in a good spot because of Javon Harrison, uh, Damian Thomas, um, et cetera, et cetera, for the men. Does does anybody have a chance? Do any of these distance teams have a chance to unseat them? I mean, they have a chance if they all of a sudden are like, hey, let's go one, two and everything. But it's going to be a lot harder in outdoor. Uh, I think they have a legitimate, though, shot of both being podium. And that's, yeah, I think that's the ceiling. Iowa State, if all of a sudden Kiptu and Kurgot are out there running 13 10s, maybe I'll start thinking that, right? Be like, okay. This is like getting a little insane, and they both know how to race together. They have like the Jenkins, Cheserek type one-two punch. Yeah. But we haven't seen that yet. So right now, I think their ceiling right now is fourth and third. But, hey, you never know. Yeah. Okay. Will we see Hawker versus Nagoose in the 1500? I hope so. Did talk to uh, Coach Carlson, Yair Nagoose's uh, coach at Notre Dame. You can listen to that interview. It's a pretty good interview. I asked about what's your are you excited for the Hawker versus the Goose matchup? And when I did talk about it, which is kind of interesting, obviously I was in my mind I was thinking NCA like matchup, but I think his brain went right to the trials because his reaction was very like, Yeah, man, we want to put together our best USA team, like a best team. And I thought that was kind of interesting, is that his mind, I think the, the true pinnacle for Nagus is not going to be the 1500 at NCAs in June. The pinnacle mm. for him is going to be the Olympic trials. And I think the same for Hawker. Like, they both already have NCAA titles. I really think the matchup we're going to see at NCAs, I think the pressure on that race is going to be very minimum. Yes, you want to win, but, like, I really think when they finish the race, they'll be like, all right, cool. Like, mm-hmm. 
there's gonna be it's gonna be the least pressured event for these two athletes, which is weird. You would think, hey, the matchup, mile champion versus 1500 meter champion. Here we go. But because in Olympic year, they're they're just thinking a few weeks later, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. And I think we will get to see it in the 15, and I think it'll be fun. I think I'll just, I'll give the edge to Goose, even though Hawker is showing incredibleness. But I think both I said this during the live stream during indoors incredibleness. I, like I think they'll go two three or one three or one two at the trials, and both guys get on the Olympic team. That's I know it's wild, but fifteen hundred right now is not showing off right now on the men's side. I mean, Josh Kerr keeps on putting out some memes about how weak the U.S. men are in the fifteen hundred. I'm not sure if you've seen this, but it's been pretty funny. So I really appreciate it. But the men in the fifteen hundred need to step up and start being consistent with running three thirty fours, three thirty threes. And not this lollygagging 337, 338 shit we've been seeing every whoa. other weekend. Whoa. So, ooh, whoa. sorry, whoa. you can't clip it now because I said shit. Sorry. Yeah, come on, man. You were so good. I'll, I'll cut that part out. Uh, oh, you could just say it. It's more dramatic. You also said, you also said interestingness, which was cool. That was, a, that was an all timer for you. Good, good two minutes. <laughs> I think there is going to be pressure at NCAAs because the winning and the success builds on itself. I'm thinking back to Centro in 2011 wins NCAAs, goes on to make the team, and then goes on to medal in Daegu. It, it sort of it sets you up. It sets you up in a good spot, and you want to have that confidence growing as you go forward. I want to know which fall slash spring strategy was best. Hawker stayed on the track, ran really fast miles. Nagus and Notre Dame did the opposite approach almost, where they stayed on the cross-country course, later start. That'll be an interesting test case. Again, it's not information that we're ever hopefully going to use again because hopefully there's never cross-country on top of indoor season, knock on wood. But it is interesting for a one-year story of, hey, what ended up working out? What ended up being a better yeah. strategy? Who's fresher at the right time? That's that's interesting to me. One yeah, more. Coach Actually, Carlson, I, more I, I asked Sean Carlson about that, and he did mention that like, it, as a 1,500-meter runner, it is hard to be a sharp miler from January to August, you know, it'll be a lot easier. It's a lot easier to be a sharp miler from April to August. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're thinking August, right. And if you if your goal yeah. was August and your goal isn't the second week in June, that makes plenty of sense. Two more here. Two more. I want to get to, can the young men's sprint champions, I'm talking about Michael Williams from Oregon in the 60 Matt bowling from Georgia in the 200 carry it over to outdoors, Gordon? Yes and no. Um, I think Micah Williams is better in the 60. I think Matt Bowling is better in the 200. So I think neither of those guys are going to win the 100. I think there are other guys out there that actually are going to have a better 100-meter performance. Um, you look at, I can tell you, there are currently so Michael Williams hundred meter again. We got to take it with a grain of salt because there was no twenty twenty for these guys to really improve their hundred meter PR. But Bowling's PR yeah. win legal PR is ten eleven. Uh, Michael Williams mm -hmm. win legal PR is ten twenty one. But like mm -hmm. Raymond Akuo of Florida, he's run nine ninety six. Two guys from Purdue, Williams and Colebrook, have run ten oh one. Joseph Amoa has run 10.01 from Coppin State. Florida State kid has run 10.06. The Houston kid, 
the South Africa, and he's run 10.06. Um, Raheem Chambers of Miami has run 10.09. I do think they probably will obviously improve and be 10.0 guys when all is said and done. These are win legal yeah. times. Again, not because I know bowling's run sub-10, but that wasn't win legal. I think I think, I think bowling's going to show up in a 200, but I don't know if the 100 is going to be a like a marquee event this year. I think because I think the two best runners right now on the sprint side are just not strong 100-meter runners. So that's my take. I think Makai – but yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Well, you're right. You mentioned Makai Harris. <clears throat> I think he's going to be strong outdoors in the 200. And Laird – remember, Terrence Laird was really close to Matt Bowling in that NCAA yeah. finals. So he, he's not going to go away. Williams is interesting because he's a freshman. So last year his his ob- his senior track season was completely wiped out. And you would expect a lot of growth there because he's so young from junior year to 100. So I think his 100 PR is basically irrelevant at this point. True. I think if he if he lined up at Hayward today and they put automatic timing out there, he'd blow it out of the water. No problem. Yeah, he looks really good in the 60. Powering away, awesome. I mean, he had a great start in the prelim. His start wasn't perfect by any means in the final, but he was just moving so effortlessly away. I think I think he's going to be um, fine in the hundred. But you're right. If it's a year where we have, you know, if guys are running nine nines, then you know that's a that's a legit that's a legit time. But both of them are still so young, um, and going to have plenty of opportunities in front of them. I just thought it was interesting. The last one I wanted to touch on. The last question: How will the trials impact NCAA's? Because it's just a week after. Do you think there'll be any athletes who? choose to do an event or not pursue an event because of the proximity to the Olympic trials? I think the only thing this really will affect is distance events. Um, the main question would be, say you're trying to be really good in the 5K, do you run the 1500 mm-hmm. during prelims, the West, the West Regional and the NCAAs to kind of just get tactical race sharp? Instead of putting yeah. your leg through your body through multiple five Ks, if you're trying to be good in the ten K at the trials, do you say, "All right, I'm trying to be good at the ten K at the trials. I don't need to run multiple ten Ks leading up. Maybe I choose to do the five K instead to kind of get ready yeah. for the ten K." So I could see people who are just going down a notch at NCAs to prep you for your actual event at the trials. I mean, I see like someone like a Connor Mance. Connor Mance probably thinks his best shot at the trials is the 10K. So maybe mm-hmm. Connor's like, all right, do I need to run multiple? Because he's going to have to run three 10Ks yeah. before it because he said he has to run a 10K to qualify. Then you got to run a 10K mm-hmm. at regionals and then another 10K. Like, do you want yeah. 30,000? And he's already run the cross 10K literally in March. So he'll have run 40,000 meters of racing before he gets to the actual. Yeah. You'll have got, yeah. you'll have to run 50,000 meters of race. It's just like, you know, do you want to do that? So I think that's the only thing that could really affect. Yeah. Well, and you're, we talked about Hawker before. What yeah. event he decides to do. I think that would play in women's side. Someone like Waymit who could score in the five, but wants to do the steeple. 
I don't think she would do that double is brutal anyway, but that's a situation where, oh, we could get four more points maybe out of, out of this athlete and maybe it pushes on the podium, but it might wreck you for a little while. And if she, if she has designs on going to the Olympic trials and trying to get as high a finish as possible in, in the steeple, that might be, that might be something she opts out of. I wonder just in total though, like race, because we've seen this go the opposite direction in 2019, there was that, there was that big old break because the trials were USA's was so late. It's like six weeks from NCAAs to USA's. And I'm thinking, oh man, they're going to get rusty. It's going to be, they're going to peak. And then what are they going to do? And now we have the opposite thing where, okay, if someone has the hot hand, they can ride that out for another week or two and get on the team. But then there's also the come down effect of, I just ran this really high pressure, high stakes meet and I got the job done. And now I'm, I'm exhausted and I don't have time to mentally or physically recuperate before I have to try to make an Olympic team. But I think different athletes are going to respond differently to those those time windows. Yeah. Wait, was 2019 there was there wasn't gap wasn't the trials right after NCAAs? No, it was not there about a, six weeks. Okay. Wasn't there a meet? There was a year when the tri- oh, it was supposed to be this year. I mean it was supposed to be 2020, now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because there was a we were freaking out about it last year. I guess in 2019 that the 2020 trials man i'm losing track of time with this COVID stuff i thought we already had the back-to-back the back-to-back year i'm sorry yeah i mean back-to-back yana yana sat on the court two days ago if that's what you're wondering you're trying to reorient (laughs) no what i i I, I know what you're i know what you're remembering because in the winter of we went to a coaches meeting one time and people were already talking about the 2020 schedule basically of like, I got to start playing. I got to start planning now, but yes, they were referring to 2020 because there was not going to be much of a turnaround at all. But 2019, remember, because Doha was so late. Doha was, yeah, that was October. That was delayed. So us. Yeah. So USA's was the end of July. And because USA's was the end of July, it meant about a six week break. And I, a lot of people were thinking, oh, this is going to be really tough for the college athletes to get back going again. But some other people were saying, oh, it's going to be fine. We'll yeah. be good. Like, it's actually good because they can come go down and then come back up again in terms of um, – try. because a lot of coaches and a lot of athletes say the NCAA meet is just so draining from a mental perspective, let alone physical. But I, I just wonder. I think, I think some people are going to be completely gassed and then other people uh, are going to do well with it. And I think 2019 we saw that. Like some people just could not keep it going, and then other people thrived off of it. What event do you think Nico Young does? I think Nico Young will do the five thousand. Five thousand? Yeah, I think I'll do the five thousand. Not like, hey, let's throw you in a fifteen hundred to kind of learn how to race and get some speed in you. Well, they did that with Grijalva. I remember yeah. Grijalva started off running. I, I mean, he ran 5,000s too, but I, I remember he ran uh, a lot of 1,500s as well too. Uh, I mean, he might run some 1,500s, but I think what he'll focus on, I think, would be the 5. 10 is such yeah. a commitment, right? Did Fisher, 10, fr- did Fisher freshman year do the 15? Or am I misthinking that? Maybe he thought he was going to do the 15, but then he did the 5K. 
can't remember. Yeah, we've sure talked a lot about being a 1500 yeah. meter runner. I mean, yeah. yeah. All right. We'll leave it there. Let us know in the comments or on email, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. What are you looking forward to during the outdoor season? Thanks, everybody, again for tuning in this week. Thanks to Alon for producing. Thanks to Gordon for co-hosting. We'll talk to you guys on Monday.